0: This is The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding.
1: Vans, the king of shoes, killing shit since 1966,
0: I'm not. Omar, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drop that bitch. d jones i got my main man the ghost with me as always we've got ants one behind the scenes living the high life in bali
2: it's a cool it a thing, thing. Yeah.
0: ghost we actually have a legend in the building this week tell
2: them what we're working with i mean you like to throw that term around but this week it definitely applies we got an absolute legend in the building reese forbes awesome conversation taking us back in time love hearing stories from the ogs the legends you know what i'm saying great conversation with reese then we take y'all straight to the post office where me and donald get into a nice little hard flip debate who's got the greatest of all time make sure you check our instagram we might have a poll pop in couple polls this week some uh some controversy in the post office for sure then it's the rundown donald sad day for him as we're recording but uh it ain't over till it's over. NBA is popping. NHL is popping. Let's make it poppy.
0: Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt Live. Hit us up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Bunt. And then head over to our website, TheBuntLive.com. Every episode logged for your listening pleasure. We also have the new Bunt Jam section where you can see everything that happened last year at The Bunt Jam. And you know, pull your crystal ball and look forward to what's going to happen this summer in the Bunch Jam July 7th and 8th at Dunbat Skate Park right here in Toronto, Ontario Canada, it's going to be popping and uh,
2: shit man, I think there's something else coming up on that website, no? Oh, you know it, a little quick strike for the people, we got a couple tees, a couple hats maybe some shorts because the good weather's coming, get there real quick, when you want to drop it, next week? Next week, baby I mean, people keep bugging us. People keep bugging us. We had to do a little something. You know what I'm saying? There might be hella shit popping at the bun jam, but we just had to make a little quick strike poppy. You know what I'm saying? Get there real quick. The quick strike is one of the funniest buzzwords of all time, and you're
0: absolutely (laughs) obsessed with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shout out of the week. You do the dirty work so we don't have to what did
2: i miss and what do i need to catch up on well i don't know if you missed this one i'm sure you peeped it because it's our boy none other than young buck off the east coast johnny purcell doing it big thrasher part sparking it with like the longest switchback tail ever even had tiago tuning in wondering if he needs to fucking break (laughs) out a measuring tape so shout out to johnny uh the east coast beamer loves to check, make sure uh make sure someone witnessed it when he lands tricks oh. you know what i'm saying looking around just to make sure, <laughs> just to make sure it was documented by someone's eyes but yeah johnny going ham as per usual big flip fakie manning fucking you name it he's out here doing it a young switch god out here proud of you johnny and also amazing to see our boy nate oliver with a couple guest tricks. Keep doing your thing, Johnny. We look forward to what's next from Johnny and especially Nate who helps us
0: out here behind the scenes at the Bunt. Putting Nova Scotia on the map, baby. You know what it is. Ghost, you kind of have this like weird complex where if you make one of our homies the shout-out of the week, you kind of got God. to roast them while you do it, man. What's up with that? You can't just,
2: can't just be all love.
0: That's two weeks uh, in a
2: row. Well, first of all i was just coming back at mason for roasting me all week via text but uh i just do it on a louder platform <laughs> <laughs> you come at me one-on-one via text i'm blasting you in the intro johnny you fucking <laughs> beam the camera every other clip i'm gonna just shout it out just for shits and giggles it's all love jesus
0: christ so like the ghost said reese forbes in the motherfucking building super excited for this one one of the ogs in the skate game um there's only one thing left to do before we get into it man and i actually i'm gonna eat myself to sleep after this week so make sure it's a fat
2: order baby well i can run you through my order from uh, two days ago just finished the leftovers hey <laughs> feeling nice and heavy had to go with a large thin crust pepperoni a medium Frank's Best, two ginger ales, two baby gem salads, and three ranch dill dipping sauces. <laughs> mm. <laughs> ah. Swimming in the ranch,
0: baby. For, <laughs> too good. Oh, Maddie Matheson, tell them what they get when they order Maker Pizza.
2: This is literally the best pizza in the world.
0: All right, Ghosts, let's get this interview popping. I know I throw this term around a lot, but, you know, I'm usually right. We have the legend, Reese Forbes, in the building. Reese, man, thank you for taking some time out of your day to be here with us.
1: No problem. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So, Reese, we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment.
1: Uh, I'll start with my favorite sports moment. It's probably Jordan, the fade back, draining, you know. Draining the shot. I don't even know who he was playing, but it's famous.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Utah.
1: Okay, Utah. Yeah. That one when the full on jump in the air. That one or anything, Jordan. Favorite skate one was probably watching uh, Nottis, uh Wheels of Fire part for the first time.
2: Sick. So Reese, take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how'd you get into skating?
1: Uh, okay. I grew up I grew up in uh, outside of Washington DC in Maryland. And, um, I got into skating. My, my uncles, my uncles were, uh, big skaters on my mom's side and my dad's side. And they, they had skateboarder magazines and my uncle Wayne had skateboarder magazines in his closet and, um, and a couple of skateboards. And he, he's the, he's the first guy I probably saw Obama Hill in front of my grandparents' house and, uh, and then do like a 720 in their driveway And, um, that was awesome. And then my other uncle, Chris out in, um, central coast, California, he was like completely different. Um, so East coast, West coast, I came out when I was about 11 and saw him, um, skating ditches out in California, which was just another, another new level him and his buddies. And they were watching, uh, the, uh, Bones Brigade show, um, on a couch, um, and uh what so i I mean you know like i saw like skaters for the first time like um skaters watching a skate video and then going and like shredding in a ditch so that was that was 80s yeah it was like late 80s maybe mid late 80s
0: that's awesome did they ever develop a little bit of a east coast west coast rivalry or what
1: no that didn't that was that was a couple years later when um you know, when Biggie and Tupac got into it. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: what would you consider your first big break in the skate industry?
1: Uh, My first big break, you know what? This is kind of fresh on my mind. Um, Dave Schubert just recently passed, um, legendary East Coast photographer, and he, uh, first big break, he, probably him shooting, um, shooting a trick of me at Pulaski, he filmed me and um, shot this uh, shot this trick over the white wall, Pulaski, and that's probably my big break. Um, Chris Hall hooked me up with my first one of my first packages. Um, I had some kind of little skate shop sponsors before, just kind of helping me to stay on my stay um, on my board, so I didn't have to buy boards all the time. And then, but he's the first guy that hooked me up with a a real package, so he he's my first real big break, and then this guy Dave shooting that photo and sending it out to Slap, and then it being published in Slap magazine a long time ago. Um, it's probably Sick. my first yeah, break.
2: What was the white wall trick?
1: Uh, backside flip. Hell yeah. Sick. Yeah, I had done it and then cracked a board, and then uh, Carlos gave me his board and then ended up landing it, and then Dave shot it, and that was just... That was my first uh that was probably my first i think it was my first photo in a bigger magazine i had photos in more local stuff but um yeah you know that was my that was my first break
2: that's awesome sorry to hear about your buddy uh we love boxes here and it's sick that he hooked you up with your first one
1: yeah 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 chris hooked me up chris is fine chris chris is good but but dave yeah unfortunately just recently passed so yeah, but he was great. He he made a lot of great uh, contributions, and he was just a great. He was a great guy. Um, you guys have seen photos of his for sure, and um, shot a lot in SF and DC and New York, and um, knew a lot of people, a lot of legendary East Coast characters. So, yeah, thank you.
2: Speaking of Pulaski, um, you were there a whole lot as a young buck. I feel like you had at least one clip, and most of if not all of your parts over the years what was it like growing up there having that as a
1: that plaza
2: uh, as a kid and who were some of your ogs you looked up to
1: when i first went to pulaski i i took the metro from where i lived and it took about 30 minutes to get there and i went with a buddy of mine and we rolled down the hill and i saw it for the first time and it really looked like kind of a mecca of sorts Just because there was so much marble and so much open Mm -hmm. space, and uh, so many ledges, and and it was also sparse, so the the thing that initially struck me about uh, Pulaski was the openness. You know, it was just like there's there's room to push, there's nothing in your way, and there's no um, there's just no there's no obstacles. Um, So I I uh, it was like an instant. um, I'm not going to use the word captivated. (laughs) Um, But I I was like, holy shit, like this is, this place is, I mean, this is amazing. So um, what it was like skating there, I mean, it quickly kind of became a place that we just would, we would meet up, we would skate, we would spend time, we would, uh, we would do everything there, drink there, um, hang out there, watch people. I mean, I really like the early guys that I remember seeing there. I like think Allie Mills. Um, I never got to see Sheffy skate it, but there were some there were some guys that skated sort of like Sheffy. Um, this guy Randy Corey, used to skate from the opposite side of Pulaski, and then uh, just haul ass to the other side and then do a trick off the um, do a trick off the, the three stairs at just mock speeds. <laughs> so I had never seen that, and then um, seeing uh, Pep skate for the first time. Andy Stone, Evan Pooch, Brian Toosey, Daryl Vaughn, Scott Johnson, a lot, a lot of names, a lot of people that I'm that I'm missing. But um, I think uh, I think skate I think watching Pet skate for the first time was was a huge eye opener for me in how um, there were people close to me locally that were progressing at a really you know high level. I just was kind of in shock when I saw him skate for the first time. Because he was skating up to the ledge switch and doing flip tricks, switch up to the ledge, and it was like, "Wow, he's he's like going the opposite direction," <laughs> and that was cool. So,
0: mm-hmm. you have any crazy stories you can remember of dealing with the cops at Pulaski?
1: I mean, we definitely saw fights, were in fights, um, and cops would cops would roll up. I mean, it was almost like a game. It was like, um, they would just, it's like they're on their motorcycles. They, it was like an ambush, you know, it was like, it was like, it was like tactical, you know, <laughs> but it just became, it became fun. It wasn't funny, but it's like, it was exciting. It just like, you know, someone would yell five o or cops or whatever, and then everybody would, um would take off and like jump into the bushes or or you know outrun them and it's like it's just seeing a seeing a um like a police assault motorcycle up on you know like trying to get up the three stairs or like going down (laughs) it's just like (laughs) this is just it's ridiculous yeah
2: became
0: a part of the everyday routine there
1: yeah for sure Mm -hmm.
2: i've never been there donald you've been there once but those ledges look high as hell is uh is that part of the secret to your massive pop i mean there's guys like darren harper who've come after you also mad pop that skated there a lot growing up
1: i don't know i mean i think i think guys like Sheffy probably just kind of through the way that he skated and other guys uh, brian they uh they did it a certain way and i think it just probably it probably filtered through the generations that that's the way you know that, and that, that marble is so, um, is so poppy, you know, like when, mm-hmm. yeah. when board, when the board hits the marble, it's like, it, it is super, um, poppy. So just kind of lends to it. I don't know. I don't know why, you know, those are the guys that I, I'd see them get up on high stuff. And it's like, I, I don't know why I wanted to do it, but, um, they made it look good. So
0: there's also every level of ledge there like yeah. there's so many mm-hmm. different heights all the way up from like just the baby curb to the big white ledge man you ever get on the big white one
1: i got on the big white one and um it was a big deal for me at the time and then um watching people skate it now it's like it's just become a ledge it just become a yeah. ledge i mean i can't i can't believe what people can do now if they um like the way bobby skates it bobby Warris, um, sage yeah. you know people that have done things on it that i pay attention to i'm like wow i mean that just may as well be anything curb um, <laughs> a little bit bigger than that but yeah def- a little bit bigger but i mean they they they're treating it like that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah elijah yeah. from miami
1: dill Smith grind was so sick oh yeah yeah so sure. high
2: he was like forced to like 180 out as soon as he uh-huh <laughs> yeah, yeah that
1: was rad brian i mean brian Tucci, skated has skated it for a long time yes yeah, it was fun i mean yeah you could hit everything imaginable at at pulaski and even the even the little cylindrical metal planters that go off off the yeah. brown marble you know those are those are cool too
0: before we move off from Pulaski, uh, one of your like signature tricks is switch backside flip. Did you ever try to switch backside flip over the wall as well?
1: I have tried it. I've tried. I mean, I think I've tried to. Okay, so just wanna, before we even go any further, um, you asking me anything about my memory is completely questionable. <laughs> That's just a little disclaimer. I did. I think I tried to switch backside flip. Flip it I think I've tried to um, switch front side 360 Ollie it. If, I'm, if I'm saying that right I've tried a few things over the wall. The one thing that's stuck is is pretty much I think I switched Ollie it, but I think the backset flip is probably the thing that kind of sticks out that I that I remember doing over it but we can we can fact check that Some many people. <laughs>
0: Um, how did your relationship with Element begin?
1: How did you end up getting
0: hooked up with that squad? Um, I
1: ended up I ended up skating for um, Element. The, the owner saw my So before Element I wrote for this company called Good Times. Um, and the uh, uh, this guy Andrew Foote filmed a part for that video and it was showing at um, ASR. I don't know if you guys remember what ASR is
2: trade show but anyway
1: it's a yeah it's a trade show out in san diego and he saw it out there and then he called he called me and um i ended up getting or he called and asked about me and then we ended up getting on the phone and then he ended up sending me boards and i switched over from good times and got on elements so he's he's the guy that kind of scoped me out and found me and then that's how i got that's how i got on
2: at what point did you move to the West Coast and you're in California now but you moved there back in the day living with Dan Wolf back in those days?
1: Like what year was it?
2: Yeah, just what was the transition to the West Coast like for you?
1: Well, I ended up moving from so Maryland to Orange County. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Orange County, but it was a it was it was a little bit of a culture shock for me. Uh, we we really moved to get to get closer to Element. And then we started filming videos after that, like um, Third Eye View and a couple of other videos. So that's why I moved there. But let me see how I can make this interesting. There's nothing more interesting to say. It's it's. <laughs> we put our stuff in a U-Haul and packed it up. He drove down from Philly. I took my stuff out of my mom's house. We put it in the U-Haul. We drove across country and then we landed at an apartment in Costa Mesa. So it was like. It was pretty pretty simple and pretty basic. the you other know, I mean, I think I was 18, so it was kind of a risk looking back I'm like, yeah, that was kind of a gamble to like throw all yeah. your, your whole life in the back of a truck and then drive somewhere that you've never lived and uh, you know set up so it was it was it was cool, it was fun, it was different. Um, I think life started kind of taking off from that point. I started traveling a lot. And, um, and, you know, and that was, and that was great. Cause that was kind of my education. I mean, we went, well, before that I had traveled to Europe with Pep and Andy, um, and then a mad circle trip, new deal trip. Um, but then, you know, we started touring the world filming for this video. So that was awesome.
2: <clears throat> so you're like Ryan from the OC, man. Just pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> Causing havoc.
1: I don't know who that is, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um,
0: any stories from the Element World Tour era with the legendary team like Kenny Hughes, Donnie Barley, Tim O'Connor? You guys had a hell of a squad for that video.
1: Yeah, stories. Um, we we ended up getting Kenny on. Kenny was ready for new deal. We saw him at. You know, our our our, our team just started getting stacked. It was like one guy and then another guy and then another guy that we, that we saw collectively. I think that one of the cool things about element at the time is like, no one really got on unless we all agreed. Like the first guy that I met when I got to Orange County, when I originally flew, there was Bill Pepper. And Sick. he, he kind of vetted me at that time. The original guys that were moving from underworld element, to Element had kind of dispersed and they tried, they did their own thing um, at uh, Capital with the guy from Intensity. So I stayed and it was right when I got on if my memory serves me. And he kind of vetted me in a hotel. I remember going to Orange County, getting off the plane, meeting Johnny, meeting Bill. Bill was talking. He, if he was if he listens to this, he'll he'll confirm this. He was just talking to me like ten thousand miles a minute, and all the way from LAX to Orange County, and he was annoying. Um, I remember that. I remember it. Um, I mean, if he's if he listens to this, he'll say, "Yeah, I was annoying." But he was also awesome and he uh and he was cool. He he vetted me to get on the team. It was like, you know, kinda of grilling me. He's like, you really down for this or you really <laughs> I was like so um so that was cool. And then from there it was like we and then we put started, you know, and then we met Kenny and then Dave Duran and um and then and then it was Donnie and then it was like Chris Markovich and then Nodis and I'm missing some other people but and then the team, the team collected. You know, it really, it really was naturally. It, it was like you know, we nobody's really going to get on unless we all agree that that person's getting on. And and uh, and it made it a cool, it made it a cool team. So, uh, eventually, Jeremy Ray, and then, I mean, a lot of legendary, you know, people ended up getting on the on the team. I'm missing somebody. I don't know who it is, but super stacked. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, a lot of my heroes. I mean, to be on a team with Jeremy Ray, Chris Markovich, Nottis, Um, And then, you know, Kenny. Kenny, who's one of my all-time, I think he's one of the best skaters to ever live. That's my, at the time, I mean, you're, you're, whatever generation you're in, somebody's going to hold that title. Yeah. But he was just a, this huge guy, really smooth, um, and uh, he was just a powerhouse. So, yeah, we had a great team.
2: He was super gnarly too. I feel like,
1: yeah, really gnarly. Yeah, I, w-
2: I wish he dropped more parts over his career to look back at now. Because I remember time like seeing an ad, it was always like, "Holy shit, this guy's going crazy."
1: That's well, also kind of what makes it cool too. You you probably haven't seen some of the crazier things that he's done effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it kind of cool too. It's never some of it never captured so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Olive trees have a special place in the heart of every Palestinian. They are a key ingredient in Palestinian cuisine, provide an economic lifeline, and serve as a symbol of steadfastness and political resistance. They link the people to its land. Aram Sabah is one of the first skaters in Palestine. He has dedicated his life to empower young people in Palestine through skateboarding. Last week, him and CHPO released his second pro model named Saba. Inspired by his olives and his land, when you buy a pair of these sunglasses, you support ARAM, skateboarding, and Palestine. CHPO brand, as always, doing it for the people.
2: So what happened on that one summer evening in the French part of Switzerland on the Element Euro Tour when France won the World Cup?
1: I don't know. I mean, it was it was really fun. All of a sudden, they won a soccer game that I didn't care about. <laughs> um, but uh, the whole the whole city the whole city did erupt. I mean, it was it was in a it was in an element video. It's like Dan got a lot of it, um, but everybody was. Well, I mean, Luzon, Switzerland. There was a contest there, so that's the reason we were there, and um, it was. Uh, it was just an amazing. It was a. It was. It was actually looking back. It was super. It was a great night. Like it was, city erupted. People were having fun. We're jumping on cars. Oh, Bam! That's <laughs> yeah. another name. Bam was there. Um, and uh, yeah, it just was a. It was a crazy time. I mean, I know. That night, a car parked on my foot. This couple drove this car up. I was sitting on a picnic table and they parked their car on my foot and they wouldn't get off and since the, there was a huge language barrier it just looked to them probably like I was screaming so I ended up punching through their windshield oh. and then oh. went, to, went to jail and um, Holy. they uh, and then so Don, the sword, Donnie comes in because he was sleeping and so he wakes up to cops you know where's where's Reese However they were saying my name, passport, 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 and he ended up finding my passport in my bag, but I think that's probably what he's talking about. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's, that's crazy. A, I hope you weren't in jail for too long. How did that story finish up?
1: Oh, I, I just, I got out in the morning. That was my, that's my jail story. <laughs> it was a pretty nice jail too.
0: Yeah, Switzerland.
1: Um, exactly. So yeah that's it. You know what else happened there? It was a great contest you know that's another thing that happened there. It was on I don't remember who won, but yeah, it was fun man you know skating skating back then was it was awesome, just like it's awesome now, but just different a lot tighter you know i've a I have a hard time now following uh following who's who's who like what company who people ride for i I think everyone does not just isolated to me but hmm I'll see somebody and I'm like that's amazing and then all of a sudden I'm you know like doom scrolling, but I don't see anybody You know, I don't, I, I don't remember who I just saw that's what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. <laughs> Skating back then was just you know, it was it was a lot tighter. It was it, tighter circles. It was you know, obviously clearly less coverage and you know, the rest of it so It was a fun time.
2: What was it like skating sure. in Europe back then? was there a lot of people skating when you just cruise different cities or was it still like making its way over there and kind of smaller, like on your earliest trips?
1: skating Europe back then was they were waiting for us to arrive, Mm. you know, to be honest, it was like there's people from the U S and California, you know, are arriving now. Like there's a team where we've been waiting to see sure. It's the case now too, but it seems to me, you guys could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but skateboarding has been evenly kind of distributed. Um, forgive the word talent wise all over the place. It's like you could, you know, guys in Spain, guys in California, men, women, people, whatever, everywhere. Yeah. Um, now that skateboarding's evolved, you know, we're down the road. Um, it seems like there's good people everywhere. Back then it was like the, the good people, the really good people were here. And there are people that listen to this that mm-hmm. hate what I'm saying, but there there was, you know, it's like there were all the teams, the all the teams, all the companies were out here and then we would travel to go there. So, I mean, remembering yeah. the first time I went to like Prague or Hungary. I mean, that's that was my first Hungary, Austria, Germany, you know, 1990 five looked probably a lot different than it does now and we had like four obstacles to skate and there was like a some uh you know milk and bread in the grocery store and it was like the people they were very enthusiastic and very excited to see that we came all the way to their country
0: and i mean if the people were usually like good enough in europe they would end up moving to cali right 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 Pretty much, it's not so much like that anymore. So one company we don't hear too much about anymore, Vita Shoes. But you guys had a really sick team with Dill, Nodis, and yourself. What was the story with Vita? Why didn't last too
2: long?
1: A lot of it has had to do with manufacturing and any kind of like startup. Um, I think back then the like Nodis did the art. That was great. The team was great. We did ads, but there wasn't. It didn't get it didn't get up and running fast enough in order to support itself for it to last. Ultimately it became, it came down to like the, the creative was there. The, the creative idea for the shoes were there. The innovation was there um, at the time. I mean, look back at some of the shoes now it's that could be put in question, but, (laughs) but back then it was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's different enough to be considered innovative and it was, at the time, it was, it was, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. The concept was cool. Nottis' script was amazing. Photography was good. The team was good, you know. Um, but I think there were just some problems with, with like, not merchandising, but um, getting product fulfilled and getting it done on time and, and uh, things like that. Dill had a great shoe. So, yeah, you know, that's probably why, that's probably why it was kind of a flame. hmm just didn't it didn't last too long it was just kind of a spark and and ultimately you know faded off
2: and what could have been that's a, a heavy duty squad right there mm-hmm.
1: yep yeah we never had a chance to like pump out a video or do anything like that We i came from duff's shoes and i mean <clears throat> quality wise like yeah it was it was Nodis' shoe was pretty crazy. It was pretty thick. I don't know if you've seen you know you've seen them. I don't know if you ever put them on your feet, but to think to think about like Danny Garcia doing anything technical in in Nodis' shoe <laughs> is is pretty amazing.
2: <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Can you take us back to the Eastern Exposure Three era? Uh, how fun was putting together that video with your homies?
1: It was awesome. I, that's where I met. You know, I met Dan. um, I met Dan for the first time. He came down with his camera from Philly, and um, I think he brought he brought Donnie down. And I ended up traveling up to Philly to skate with him up there. It was uh, it was cool time. I mean, things were done fast. It's when I think about it, it, the I don't think the video took him that long to, to complete. I mean, we had like probably. Three, four, five weekends in DC, and then probably three up there in Philly, and it was it was finished. We we just we got a lot done quickly back then. Back then, and
2: those youthful legs, yeah,
1: right, (laughs) yeah. It was it was a good time. I mean, yeah, I met I met I got to meet I got to meet a ton of you know new people, friends. I got to get out of Pulaski, do something different. I mean. Right around that time, the, uh, the guy that I mentioned, Dave, before, he was driving me around and we were filming stuff. And then, you know, in the middle of that met Dan and then Dan became, uh, you know, like I was kind of attached to Dan filming this video, he, he asked me if I wanted to film and I, I had no idea what I was filming for I, I didn't know it was going to be anything. It was just like, here's the guy to film with, go out, skate, and I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to become he told me he was he was making a video, and it, and what it was, but you never know. I mean, it. I you guys, it became it became kind of a cult, you know, kind of a cult video over the years. For sure,
2: like, cult classic, a cult yeah, classic,
1: yeah. and it, it was kind of a when I when I look at it, it was the divider. I mean, I I liked the video. It was kind of the. It ex- it exposed the guys on the East Coast that weren't getting any shine at the time, mm-hmm. and then it also the way that he shot it, the way that he filmed it, it it was different, and you know it was it was it was it was awesome to be a part of it. So nothing but fond memories.
0: It's uh, kind of cool to be chosen by Dylan Reader for his Thrasher Classics. So anytime someone searches that video up now, I think. Dylan's going to be the one that intros you. It's kind of a, a cool awesome. thing to have.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, rest in peace.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. So from Element, you went on to Raza Libre. Talk about that transition a little bit. And you got Dylan over
2: there with you too, right? Because you guys are tight. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote for Quicksilver. I met Dylan when he was 14 years old. 13 or 14. Mark Abloh, who kind of built the original quick team he let's see let me let me think back okay so yeah he he shot Dylan he shot Dylan when he was really young realized he was a skater he shot him for like catalog stuff realized he was a skater he came on a couple of trips with us like chaperoned by Mark and I saw him skate and I remember him doing like a feeble down 12 or 13 stairs when he was like 14 13 or 14 and um I was like, damn, this kid is, this kid's going to be good. I mean, and it just was clear. I mean, you can see it with people. I can. Those exceptional people, you know, like Mm -hmm. Nija, like, um, like Dylan, multiple names. Before they are anybody, you see that, that, that thing that they're doing, they're, they're meant to be doing it. Um, At least that's what I, that I see. And he, he had that about him. I mean, he was, he was very young in his skating and his and his ability but but it was there it was like all it was just wrapped up so he eventually let's see what happened well I, I moved on from element and moved up north and then started skating with matt field and it was right at the point where i was leaving element and he was starting he was starting to kick around names for this new company that he was going to start um, with deluxe with Mickey and a couple other guys they were kind of formulating formulating the vibe for the company. Um, I was shooting with Gabe a lot Gabe morford and um, and then ended up um, ended up making this company that uh, that Matt had the idea for and I'm um, getting guys like Nate Jones and um, Nilton and um, uh, who else was on our team? Jack Sabak. Am I right? Yeah. Yep, Matt. So it was awesome, and then Dylan came on, then Omar Salazar, and um, yeah, we built another great team. You know, it was like a lot of a lot of glue there, and, um, and Michael Leone was doing the, the graphics and the creative um, director behind it. So. Yeah, we ended up making this really cool company, another, another kind of flash, but, you know, that's okay. It was, it was actually a good, it was a good thing, like, we did a lot of cool little things, we did a little guitar amp. Um, Michael made that, and uh, had a really, like, a lot of cool stuff with the butterfly graphics and the Beatle graphics, and, um, yeah, it was just an awesome, it, it was an awesome vibe, so, I was glad that I was a part of that, too.
0: So what's it like looking back on your closure part with Huff? The two best ollies all time in skateboarding, working together in perfect harmony.
1: Right, thank you. It's a tough one. I think right at that time in SF, I was I was skating a lot with Huff. Huff made his... Huff was doing his store. We were doing Rasa Libre um, in the city at that time. It was um, It was a really... It was a really cool time to be in San Francisco. Like I've been in SF a couple of times when it's been, um, when there's been a good energy there. And that was one of those times. And um, yeah, you know, again, like not a a ton of, not a ton of time to make it, just like spread out through weeks, weekends, skating with Dan. I mean, skating with Huff was always fun because he was the best guy. I don't know, you guys ever had a chance to meet him, but he, uh, yeah, he was just a he was a great guy. Energy was always up. He was always positive, always laughing. Um, he just had the most distinct laugh. So the I think kind of the camaraderie that we had at the time, everybody skating, we were we were just we were having, having fun, and it ended up becoming the last thing that Dan Dan did. So it was awesome. I don't know.
2: So the Reese Forbes High Ollie Challenge. How did, who came up with the idea how that all come about and um, how come there was only one man is it time to bring that back in 2023 or what
1: <laughs> the geriatric um, ollie <laughs> challenge <laughs> how did it come up you know I don't know I think like at that time as funny as it sounded like you know it was all about brand building and setting yourself apart and I think I might have been influenced by some pressure to you know make myself a distinct you know draw a line and distinction from myself with other people and it was a, it was a opportunity to to do something and attach my name to it and um, so I came up with it with Johnny, and Paul Schmidt developed the the obstacle, so I worked with him they were doing a board called Featherlight at the time. So I was testing that, that uh, wood, that material. And so I was working a lot with Paul and we came up with the idea to do an ollie contest and um, somewhere it came out. I don't remember who came up with the Reese Forbes Ollie challenge, but uh, that was, that's, that's what ended up happening. And at that time, like back to ASR, it was, that was the, that was kind of the showcasing at the center whether you're going to release a product or have a contest or um you know just life was so you know capturing skateboarding was so different then so it was like that those were the optics it's, you had you had all the people there at the same time from our industry so it was a, a good time to showcase anything like that so it was a, it was an opportunity to build a brand and then to make a name for myself so that's that's kind of how it came about. Yeah, and Danny it certainly
0: did that. Yeah, is there like a rivalry with Danny Wayne right now? You want another crack no. at him?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If I got beat by Danny twice, then um, I don't know what would happen. He, he I mean, the better the, the better person won that day. <laughs> There's no rivalry. <laughs> I, I I love him. He's awesome, and he's he's incredible skater i mean a lot of the guys that were out there skating that day i mean i was in a I was in a ollie contest with donger you know like he showed up which was amazing because that's like him and john reeves and the guys mm-hmm. that i grew up watching videos he ended up showing up and it was like you know this is incredible that's what yeah it's incredible
0: so how did you get hooked up with nike and what were the early days like over there traveling the world working on nothing but the truth
1: Robbie Jeffers was working with Sandy. They were introducing um, Nike for the third time in skateboarding, or or the other way around, introducing, reintroducing skateboarding to Nike, Nike to skateboarding, and they were working on making a team. And they didn't want um, they didn't want like big headliners, headliner skaters, or you know contest skaters, whatever you want to call it big huge name so they so as the story goes i think robbie talked to huff and they robbie huff sandy i think in those kind of conversations the initial conversations on how to create nike they wanted to get skaters that were they were kind of skaters skaters that's that's the term i've heard before like
2: Mm -hmm. um
1: you know who skaters like and um and so they came up with the original four people, and that's how that's how I got started. They started sending me samples, which to me at the time were was incredible to get up to get a package from Nike. Um, I was skating in Nikes. I had skated in Nikes before, but they're not Nike skate shoes. So yeah. they sent me an original Dunk without any Zoom, without anything in it, and, and then we started kind of wear testing at that point and um you know that's 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 kind of how i got hooked up with nike he ended up flying to portland meeting sandy uh Bodecker, dan burris and robbie and the rest of the guys and um and yeah that's kind of the from there it took off
2: who was the original four again
1: myself richie todd jordan Gino Iannucci. Who am I missing? Maybe it was four. Maybe it was five. Am I missing anybody?
2: That sounds about right. We had Daniel Shimizu on last season, but he came on like shortly after, I think.
1: Yeah, Shimizu came on a little later, but yeah, we were the first first guys. And um, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was funny to go to uh, to Nike for the first time. I mean, it was kind of it was inspiring. I mean, we had we were wear testing different shoes they had like high speed cameras at the time which was amazing and they were taking it really seriously so i didn't want at the time it was a little bit of a gamble because i didn't want to be attached to a, another failure on nike's part mm-hmm. but um it ended up working out
2: yeah they they nailed it for sure as donnie puts it your name is immortalized into nike dunk history and your designs are top tier of their class talk about your relationship with the dunk
1: my relationship with the dunk
2: (laughs) (laughs) and can you can you dunk a basketball side note
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it depends on how high the rim is for sure (laughs) um yeah i yeah my you know my relationship with the dunk they gave me the opportunity to make my own dunk you know it's like all right all of us they gave us our own opportunity to make our make our own dunk. so whatever material we wanted um and whatever we wanted to do with the dunk, it was like you just had a canvas so i think it's kind of everybody's dream that has a creative bone in their body that likes shoes that likes you know likes opportunities like i sat down with somebody on the computer was like you know it's i mean in one in one respect it's kind of a daunting task to ask somebody to just create something on this on this template it's like what what would you make you know how would you create it what what material would you use what colors would you use (laughs) It's, it's it's a it's kind of an overwhelming
2: yeah
1: opportunity on one on one side and the other one's like you know how amazing is that so um so the first one that I made was it's the Wheat Dunk. And um, so it's kind of a camel colored suede leather with, uh, with like a tan bottom. And uh, so that was my first shoe. So yeah, I mean, from there, just started making other shoes. I mean, I, I love collaborating with people, different artists. So my friend Matt Irving, we, we did the Hunter Dunk and we did another dunk called The Gatherer that never materialized into anything. Uh, that was kind of like corduroy and um, interesting material and then we ended up I ended up doing the uh, denim dunk with Nottis so um, yeah I mean that's kind of my history with dunk um, and making dunks when they they caught and people you know people I think with the also with the exclusivity and how how demanding how much demand there was with how little supply I mean and how they nailed that, how they nailed that structure, um, created such a great, you know, base format for their, for the whole program. So,
2: mm-hmm. and the wheat dunks are popping these days on uh, StockX. I just wanted to see what they're going for. See a pair here for fourteen hundred USD. I hope you save some.
1: I didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So. At one point, you were head to toe in Quicksilver. Looking back, would you make that move again from Nike to Quicksilver footwear?
1: Um, I don't really have any regrets. Uh, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. If I look back and weighed all the weighed all the facts at the time, probably not. At the time, there was a lot going on to make that decision, so it's kind of a loaded. It's a little bit of a loaded question, but I, you know, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have stayed with Nike and, uh, but I like, I like a challenge, you know, I like, I, I do love opportunity and there was an opportunity to do shoes with quick and build something and do something cool. And I, you know, it was good. It was great. I still, I still maintain contact, good relations with everybody that I ever worked with, I think. Uh, so it's like, nike i'm I'm always going to be a nike guy so Mm -hmm.
2: anyway what made you choose the 50 cent track for your quicksilver promo part man
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's such a great question (laughs) i don't have an answer for really (laughs) other than i was sitting with mark we had the footage we um we were just watching we're making the the video at the time and he he put that song on and he just put it on to kind of mess around like yeah what if you use this or I don't even remember what was going on we always just were either inebriated or you know I don't know where I was at the time but probably feeling pretty good <laughs> and we just both started like busting up laughing and, uh, and we're like there it is like just do that <laughs> it actually works man it's yeah. it's a good combo it works it depends on who you ask but <laughs> for sure
2: well i mean we're at the age group that like that was an epic combo for us when it came out
1: mm-hmm. at, le- at least there's an energy there you know yeah who yeah cares? so what's a day in the life like these days what are you up to uh day in the life right now so i couple years ago i got licensed to sell real estate so i live north of the bridge and i sell real estate in Marin county got two boys married we have a little dog so i'm pretty domesticated <laughs> day in the life you know I, I i'm always doing something different i also still teach skate lessons and i'm involved with some other companies like obsesh so it's like an online uh, coaching platform and um so i'm either taking kids to school teaching a lesson showing a house um and uh you know exercising trying to stay healthy i I leave it you know i mean now these days it's i I lead a pretty healthy lifestyle so that feels good and um you know i'm i'm right in in the middle of nature up here there's mountains and trees and all that stuff so i've got the city if i if i want it and uh, i'm out here so it kind of depends. I'm always doing something interesting, I think. And um, yeah, I, I, my life has, it's kind of slowed down and I like it like that. It's not boring at all, but it's, uh, but it's, the pace is slower. I don't have much of a, you know, going out at night anymore. I used to for a long time. And mm-hmm. about 12 years ago, I kind of switched and changed it up and doing different stuff now. So,
2: Oh yeah, man. That sounds awesome. so what's next for Reese Forbes
1: that's a really good question what's next for me professionally you know I don't know I I I have I have ambitions like clothing clothing ambitions clothing companies I have uh, obviously in the world of real estate I have my my goals and my and all the things that I want to do in that space which is a huge part of my life so helping people helping clients it's kind of i've kind of switched my life into more of a service mode less of a take more service Mm -hmm. so with that comes you know a big journey so whatever journey that i'm on having to do with service work is where i'll end up so a lot of that's letting go a lot of the results and um i do have objectives and goals but a lot of it's not really up to me now it's more about serving family and and helping helping people so overall that's that's kind of what's on the horizon for me
0: that's awesome one more question real quick how cool is it to be involved in the Yalda and Bobby Warris video part that they filmed at Pulaski a few years back how fun was that
1: so I still can't um pronounce his name Yalda
0: yeah is that right we can't either we interviewed him and he gave <laughs> us a proper pronunciation but I still mess it up on a weekly basis. I
1: say like Yalte, but I don't know where that's. I don't know if that's even. I don't even know where that's coming from. (laughs) Uh, What was it like? What was it like being invited? I mean, I got invited. You know, it's nice. Always nice to be invited, and skating with them. This I've had these pockets where it's like I'm I'm out of skating, and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, injected right into the center of it. And at that time, I was very much playing the outskirts and. To be invited and to be like flown to dc and skate with them and um it was kind of like being it was kind of like going back in my own history because i not only yeah the skate that not only the skate part but like watching uh bobby you know like crack his back on the floor and like take his shoes off and like you know just be kind of weathered and done and hung up wet <laughs> <laughs> yeah like for me i i uh that's kind of how i felt it was like all right let's let's skate for three days i can't at the time that was that was like six years ago seven years ago i couldn't remember the last time i skated you know all day for three days in a row yeah at that time was a big deal for me so you know i mean and then to see uh, both of them skate together and how how good they are and uh that was just it was it was it was great I mean it was it was cool to be back at Pulaski, cool to skate with them, cool to do all the lines that they were doing and and go with skate welfare and all of it was all of it was amazing and uh and then also to see some of the things that i at the end of my skateboarding career, you know I, I hung on and clung on for a long time and uh but at the end of it, it was like I was really done. I was really worked, and I couldn't really. I couldn't really do it anymore, just because I was, I went for 17 years hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at the end it was like, I, I can't, I got nothing more to give, I'm kind of done. So, brought up some good memories and some, some that I was like, yeah, that's kind of why I eventually graduated and moved on. I did what I could do, take it for what it is.
2: Oh yeah. yo 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 It's rapid fire with the ghost and this week it's an honor to be brought to you by the only wheel that matters spitfire wheels and it's exciting times around here because spitfire just released their all-new lock-in full shapes lock-in fulls feature an asymmetrical shape and a super wide riding surface the combination of a straight edge lock-in cut on the inner side of the wheel and the conical cut profile on the outer side make for a wide and light wheel that locks into grinds anywhere lock-in fulls are available now on formula 4 urethane 99 duro and 54 55 and 58 millimeters don't miss out on the first round of lock-in fulls you know some of our favorite shops such as nine times cassette second nature PLA, and Slam City have them in stock. Hit your local for the connect. And if they don't have them, tell them the bun sent you. It's time to load up. Spitfire. <laughs> All right, Reese, a little rapid fire. You ready to uh, shoot some shots?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, sure, shoot. All right, favorite skater? Not us. Favorite video? Video days. Favorite video part? Anything Danny Way. Any, any part that he's ever had.
2: Favorite style? The guns. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Sheffy. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth?
1: <laughs> Nigel. Damn. Hardest trick for you? Switch hard flips.
2: Oh, <laughs> your boy Donnie. He never gave you a trick. Tip. <laughs> Most illegal trick,
1: just like a regular heel flip. Even though I'm, I'm total candidate for being the victim of doing them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten?
1: It's not a clip. I did a backside flip at Third Army over the one of the rails. Oh and yeah. Tried to, I tried to film it a lot. I got a sequence of it. But actually, it was very difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's probably my favorite, because I was the most impressed with myself that I actually landed it.
2: Sick. The classic, like the rail to drop down on the other side? Yeah. Uh, that yeah. thing's massive. What's the gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed?
1: You know, uh, actually, Cardiel in um, Marseille, he he did a 360 from kind of the shallow part into the deep bowl and i was there for that and a combination of the trick that he did and then the way that everyone erupted after he did it probably i'd probably say that that's one of them
2: what's the one trick that got away
1: i've tried so many tricks that um i didn't land i tried to ollie this thing down in australia over this was off of a dock and uh it was really frustrating. You guys have been there. You try it three billion times, and then you don't land it. Everyone walks away, you know, and you don't land it. Yeah, you don't get it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably I wouldn't be able to describe it to you because i never been in anything. But uh, it basically was off of a, a dock over this over this um, kind of like mooring rope metal structure, and uh, I tried to ollie off the dock over this gap of water and then over it and it wasn't huge or anything but it was so easy to do but i just kept kicking the board out and then had to leave it and then leave the country i had a couple of those in australia so it's like yeah you leave the country and you can't you know what are you gonna do fly back to australia (laughs)
2: yeah you gotta get it on that trip it's It's a a tough
1: feeling on trips exactly yeah dream job after skating dream job after skating i'm in it right now
2: Hell yeah! That's awesome. That's what we love to Real hear. Stated, yeah,
1: I'm, li- I'm living my dream right now. Yep. Amazing. Favorite local brand? Well, I, I got to go with Proof Lab and give them props because that's the local shop here, and they're awesome. They're great. They got a, a bowl on the back, and they support the community. Proof Lab.
2: Favorite local skater?
1: Anyone on GX? Crazy. GX 1000. Any, anyone there? Yeah, doesn't buff. matter. Yep. <laughs> favorite teammate ever favorite teammate anyone on anyone else. Donnie Donnie is one of my favorites still is to this day good great friends Kenny I I traveled probably the most extensively with Kenny we went all over to Italy we stayed in we stayed in Australia two weeks three weeks after everybody left (laughs) so we were there for like a month and a half once so you know plenty of plenty of adventures with that guy growing up yeah probably those guys
2: worst teammate ever
1: <laughs> you know what everybody changes I, I hopefully um, probably myself at certain times when I was traveling I was probably the worst teammate I'd probably choose myself not anymore worst company Z rollers um, <laughs> yeah that's probably the worst worst thing that I can think of. That, that made it anywhere that took all the fun out of skating. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, like taking the grind out of grinding. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of probably the one of the worst inventions.
2: Yeah. Worst trend.
1: You know what, you guys? I, uh, there's stuff that I see now that I'm like, it's unrecognizable. I, when I'm scrolling, watching, seeing, to pick anything out would be, it's like there's too much to choose from. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Instagram in general.
1: I'd say Instagram, but at the same time, since I'm such a fiend to look and watch at skating, it wouldn't be true. Right. Because it's amazing that to come from like being a kid, this is now I'm taking you off of rapid fire, going okay. off on a little tangent, but to like think of like a kid like myself wa- watching skate videos out of a VHS eating cereal with my buddy and like popping in video by video and like that's what we got and now you can just you can just dial it up dial it in it's like it's everybody's dream i mean i think it's probably doing more good for skating than bad just because of accessibility but i know what you mean it's yeah. an influx is insane yeah i, I feel like we,
0: cons. W- yeah we were some of like the last generation to have both like the vhs and social media right and it did it is tough to like think back to which one was better but there was like no better joy than getting your hands on the vhs you've been waiting months to see with apart from like a skater like every skater on your favorite team was just all coming together at once rather than just like one new part a day like we get nowadays like it was better back then. The VHS well, we lived, the full full-length videos were were way better than what we get today.
1: And and we we also lived in a time where there was mystique. That's gone now. When you yeah. have, you know, ultimate transparency and you get you get real live time, yeah. you know, it's as it's happening. Even, you know, case in point this interview right here. It's like you have access to someone's actual personality mm-hmm. their voice who they are i mean when i when i grew up it was like i got a little a little snippet of somebody you got a little you got yeah. a little video like slight screenshot of maybe this is kind of how this person is mm-hmm. you really had to make up the rest out of your own yeah. creativity yeah, so in your true. mind and uh, we don't. That doesn't exist anymore. So.
0: Yeah, like the little B-roll clips in videos and and the credits meant so much. Yeah. to Like see what people were like, right?
1: Right. Like I remember at the end of like virtual reality or or anything like seeing like Rick Howard or seeing any of those guys, you you you'd get a little get a little taste. Like oh, okay, that's you know that's that kind of person or, or yeah. that's what they're like and you know, it was like it was better that way in a way yeah in a way
2: well yeah the uh you just brought back memories speaking of cereal and vhs's my dad used to live <laughs> near this one skate park that had like a saturday morning session downtown and he probably lived closer than any of our friends by far so Friday nights, like a handful of guys would sleep over, and then we would just fuel up on cereal, watch VHSs, and then go to the skate park. And those yeah. are like some of our, our, you know, my favorite memories from just from growing up. Keeping
1: it, keeping it simple, keeping it yeah. basic. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Like now, if that yeah. was to happen now, everyone would be on their own phone. Yeah. Probably not yeah. talking. Still eating their cereal. But. I
1: think back to back to rapid fire. I think one of the worst trends too is like being uh you're with you're with your friends but you're on your headphones skating with your friends but you're not talking and you're in your own world and your own deal i I don't know i mean really
0: headphone skating
1: yeah i don't know i mean do do whatever works but if you're with people hang out with them
2: Mm -hmm. yeah I feel that I was. I, like that. I felt attacked there, but then I was like, "Wait, no, I don't listen." <laughs> no, because I've been skating with headphones in like all week, but I'm going to the skate park by myself, so it's a little different.
1: Hey, like, you're okay. I'm just here to put you in check. It's okay.
2: <laughs> no, today, today, a couple of homies <laughs> no, were there. <laughs> Definitely had no headphones in. I'm still a social
1: skater. It's okay. Maybe I'm maybe I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> no, no,
2: I I fully feel you. The headphones with a sesh of your homies is uh. A little weird. The worst style.
1: You know, I'm gonna it's it's I'm gonna couple this. It's the worst style slash the best style in the world, Steve Olson. Not <laughs> Alex's not not Alex's dad.
0: Yeah, no, Shorty's the
1: other Steve Olson. Shorty's didn't appreciate it at the time. Appreciate it. It grew he grew like a fine wine.
2: Agreed. I like yeah, that. you just made me want to watch one of his parts.
1: Yeah yeah he's awesome he's awesome no no disrespect Steve love you
2: and last but not least last person you want on the sesh
1: the the last person like why why did you come yeah <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> like you're mid you're trying that ollie in Australia who's the last person you want to pop up like hey <laughs>
1: Probably Renee Renee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's shit. good.
2: That's He's a Canadian, one. isn't he? Yeah. That's our Canadian brother. Yeah, right I there. had to give
1: you I had to give you a Canadian. <laughs> <Yeah. Come on. laughs> oh,
0: that's awesome, man. Well, Reese, that's gonna wrap up the interview, man. Can't thank you enough for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks. I hope it was everything that you guys dreamed of. <laughs> and more. Hell yeah, bro. Absolutely. Appreciate it.
0: Welcome back to the post office. Brought to you by our good friends over at Dickies Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the worksite to the streets. Ain't nobody keep you fitted like Dickies. All right, Ghost. Like clockwork, baby. Who we got up first? You've got mail.
2: All right, all right. Coming in hot. We got an email from Spike. Keeping it brief for you, Saifa. And then I look at the rest of the email. This don't look brief to me, but thanks for trying, I guess. If skateboarding had its own logo with a skater doing a trick, a la Jerry West dribbling for the NBA logo, who would it be and what trick would it be? This isn't asking what your favorite trick, favorite skater is, but rather what trick best encapsulates skateboarding as a whole with broad enough appeal to represent skateboarding to the outside world while still being legendary to core skaters. My pick would be Grant Taylor, Frontside Ollie. Apologies if this has already been asked. I'm still making it through the earlier eps and wanted to get to a question and wanted to get a question in while the season is still ongoing. No need to apologize, bruv. Enjoy those old episodes some classics mm-hmm. back there. Who you got, Donald?
0: Yeah, for me, this is pretty simple. I immediately thought Eric Coston, you know, someone that kind of bridges the gap from old school to new school. One of the all-time greats. And um, originally, I thought maybe a crooked grind, but it has to be Back nosebone on Hubba. Potentially one of the best covers. Such an influential trick on such a legendary spot. Back bun one of the
2: one of the greats with Costin, you can't beat it man yeah, i love that love that that definitely crossed my mind uh i'm gonna go with andrew reynolds front side flip Ooh, and like uh spike i'm not even picking a specific one there's literally so many over the years but just you know that moment when he's halfway through it like at 90 and his legs are all sucked up just screen grab any one of those from all his biggest legendary ones over the years and I'm sure there's a perfect logo right there
0: maybe honorable mention a little um, Brian Wedding back nose grind at love or something oh yeah nice that'd be a simple. nice like silhouette yeah you know get the point across real easy no
2: doubt or maybe just hit him with the Clyde Singleton fakie heel <laughs>
0: all right next up we've got an email from dan hudson and uh dan just giving us a shameless plug here yo safe and donald what's good with the web store any chance of restocking any shirts or hats in the near future would love to get my hands on one of those barn burner shirts much love and respect from detroit michigan you heard Dan, like you heard in the intro, it's your lucky day Next (laughs) Wednesday, shirts and hats back in the web store Your chance and potentially your last chance to get your hands on one of those classic barn burner shirts man. Quick strike, you
2: get me Hell yeah, Dan Bro, Donald, you excited for Detroit? We're what, like 13 days away from uh, today We're gonna be fucking stepping foot in the D Let's go I'm ready,
0: Rock City Kid Rock, where you at? He's probably shooting
2: fucking beer cans somewhere. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got an email from Calvin T. What's good saying, Donald? This season has been money with the blend of legends, but also a lot of younger legends in the making. Respect. I've been blowing up Canadian legend Jay Burls with this question every time I see him, almost daily at this point. Are you guys coming to Pulaski this summer, or will this be the bunt of the year? Damn. Uh, also, which country do you think has the most passionate, really do this shit for the love of skating, not the Czech type of the culture? My inclination is to answer Brazil. So much OG respect in their culture, but sure there are other countries out there curious to hear your thoughts og respect calvin wow huge email
0: first off i want to give a massive shout out to Jay burles bunt gang day one love that guy on the board probably more than anyone here at studio e these days and <laughs> i absolutely love seeing Jay burles clips on the regular man
2: yeah um, he fell back in love with skating like he told me and uh it's evident this guy's out here daily and yeah, the other day he posted like a slappy no slide i was like yo hit it with the popover and then he's like he's like yeah yeah i want to get that one and then sends me his switch crook slappy popover and sh- kind of shut ooh. me up i was like oh okay my bad i missed that one respect bro doing this thing down in miami for a little bit there
0: too yeah we're, we're going to try and get to Pulaski, man. We got big plans this summer, and shit's already always busy. We got Detroit coming up, like the ghost said. Then we're going Bunt Jam, and we're back in New York City potentially. And then we always do a little Sprinter van trip around my birthday in August. I think we'll be heading... Up to Picton Saver's mom's place So it's already shaping up to be quite the busy summer And then Saver's going back to New York And I'm going to Spain in September So (sighs) Schedule's
2: fucking rampacked Wait so Wait tell me this Did you claim we're going to Pulaski on the pod already this season? I'm sure we both have I think we both claimed we were going to Boston this summer too (laughs) I'm still trying to go to Boston Fuck August maybe But then I also said I was going to Vancouver Fucking hell
0: Yeah. See, so we gonna do our best.
2: We gonna make it happen. It's time to make something. Yo, it's time to spark a GoFundMe. Remember when uh, when Spence got so cheesed at that kid who like, (laughs) I think he said that on the pod, right? The kid started a GoFundMe to get him to Barcelona to go to Cali. Oh, bars. (laughs) And Spence was so pissed. He's like, "Yo, I busted my ass working at Underworld back in the day to go to fucking Barcelona, and now we got kids dropping GoFundMe's for nothing." (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, we'll start some GoFundMes. You know, if you want us to come to your city and uh, chit-chat. You want time to pay for it now? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Move to the next year. Calvin, you got 5K for me and
0: Donald to pull up? We're there. Um, Which country, man, you think has the most passionate skate culture? That's an incredibly difficult question. I I think you'd be hard-pressed to like go with anything other than brazil it seems like a very self-sufficient skate community as well like they don't rely on north america or europe in any way they just completely content with doing their own thing
2: over there but yo i just it's tough because when you get the skate bug you got the skate bug there's there's nothing that can shut that off and i feel like that's the same for people all over the world so i'm not trying to like I don't know how you pick one country over another. I will say that uh, countries that deal with winter, that's uh, some real dedication when when like mm-hmm. people are skating underground parking lots and like ghetto ass like temporary skate parks and hockey rinks and random shit like that. But I can't pick, man. That's that question's kind of crazy. Yep. But shout out Brazil. Start a GoFundMe for me and Donald to go to Brazil. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got an email
0: from Sam Rawson. Yo, boys. First off, big shout-out to Ants1. Mad respect for what you do. Hit us with your favorite Seattle skater, favorite Seattle clip, and favorite Seattle spot. Shout-out Dustin Henry with the back one switch Manny switch front shove on the UW mani pad.
2: Peace, Sam. Shit. I actually don't know any skaters well, i'm sure i know skaters from seattle but i just don't know i just wouldn't know that about them so i unfortunately can't answer this question with any sort of accuracy but i did just see that video that seemed to be a seattle video with tyler bledsoe going ham and i just want to take this opportunity to give a huge shout out to sebo walker i know i've been critical Whoa! in the past <laughs> i know i've been critical in the past but He just went nuclear in that video. And I love nothing more than like a spot shutdown to kind of end a part. I know he had the really long crazy line to actually end it, but I think it also included the spot switchback one, but he killed that one famous set. Uh, And if that's not in Seattle, then I'm just an idiot, but I I thought it was. Anyways, shout out Sebo, love that new part, killed it. That's what I always wanted, man. You know, I'm just not a fan of all the crazy tricks, but this part, mm-hmm. I felt like he fucking trick selection was on P and really showcased all his skill. I'm not even going to risk it, because I'll say something from Portland. Well, yeah, I just looked it up in Sebo. Uh, is it Sebo or Sebo? Either way. Sebo Walker. <clears throat> um, he's from Oregon, so I already blew it on that, but I just <laughs> wanted to give him a shout-out anyways. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And Sam, you can hit us back. And uh, usually when people ask a question like that, they give us their like top five. So we could have cheated off your list, but you didn't do that. So you can hit us back with another question and give us your favorite Seattle skaters. And we can give them some love on the pod. All right. Next up, we got an email from Riley Schleet. Definitely butchered that. Sorry, bruv. What's up bunt gods, love what you guys do. Thought about it today, and this is a little strange to think about, but I realized you guys play a specific role once only fulfilled by skate mags. The pod is an awesome and also much needed way to hear pro skaters in a way that feels real. Crazy, eh? All right, this question is easy. Why is it rapid fire with the go specifically? Was it Saifa's idea originally, or did Donald lose the coin toss? keep burning them barns boys. That is a great question, Riley. I don't
0: even know the answer to this, to be honest with you. If once a week rapid fire
2: comes around and the ghost just shuts my mic off, man. <laughs> no, I remember <laughs> I remember exactly uh, when I thought about it. So, Donald used to live really close to me when we first started. We both have moved a couple times since. But, uh, I was taking the streetcar from, like, my street to his street, which was probably, like, a five-minute streetcar, like, situation, if that, and we were going to interview Wade. This was in the early, that was our, what, second, third, or fourth interview, I can't remember.
0: Yeah, I think it was second.
2: Yeah, and we... Morgan Wade. Yeah, we already had the questions ready for Wade, and on the way, I just started jotting down, like, I was like, oh, like, maybe we don't have enough questions, like, I'll do some quick like funny things just to like put weight on the spot and then it just ended up being a fun segment like I pulled up to Dono's, and like like neither of them knew but I just did it and then it obviously uh went well so kept doing it but I have I have offered Dono in the past like yo do you want to do it this week and he, he always said no this is like probably in year one two so it's just stuck stuck like that and fine with me it's fine with donald i love donald's ad libs throughout he's <laughs> oh <laughs> that shit always cracks me up when i'm editing but uh yeah it is what it is and we'll keep running it that way maybe we'll fucking get a donald guest rapid fire in season 18 how about that let's put it out there again
0: nope ain't good <laughs> i ain't touching it man that's where
2: all the controversy
0: comes from so i ain't touching that segment oh my god if um, people could i've tried know, to have my own there's been like a couple, you know, little ones that have come and gone, little segments, but they just never hit, man.
2: Just never hit like the rapid fire with the ghost has, but I'm okay with that. I'm all out. (laughs) I want to give the people a little more behind the scenes on rapid fire, though. So it's definitely, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows it's edited and like it's people sometimes need a minute to think about their answer and we just cut it down or whatever but at the end when it's the controversial ones if only the people knew how evil not evil but like donovan can be such a shit disturber if someone can't think of something like we both do it but donald's just acting like he's mr innocent here where he'll be so encouraging of like oh maybe you should throw this person under the bus or this person dude
0: why is this necessary right now Uh, why does this need to be unearthed man
2: it's not not just on we both do it because like people get stumped a lot and then sometimes we'll be like oh like what about this person or that person but i just had to say that because you just tried to act like you're mr innocent and you don't want any part of the controversy Uh. when sometimes you're right there feeding our guests the good shit
0: oh, for sure i'm fucking pouring gasoline all over everything Exactly. Just trying to get a match you
2: know oh shit
0: oh you know it's funny with the rapid fire because people always have the right answer in their head immediately it takes a certain type of guy to to say it some people go with the easy answer here or there but it's always like a fun give and take when it comes to rapid fire When it's just us with the guests before it's edited, like yeah, 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 you know, definitely heard some
2: funny ass shit that we weren't like we weren't gonna betray trust and put it out there. But um, yeah, speaking of that give and take though, I love when it'll be like worse style or something, and the person's like, oh, I got one, but I can't say it. That always cracks me up. And then we gotta like spend a minute trying to like come up with someone that they're comfortable saying. Anyways, that was a a big behind the scenes for y'all. All right. Next up, we've got an email from Tavish McLean. Yo, what's poppin'
0: fellas? Just wanted to say thank you for putting on the Bunt Jam last year. By far the best birthday weekend of my life and an event I'll remember forever. Anyways, could we get a section for Am and Flow Skaters this year? Would be dope. Easy boys. Tavish, man, thank you for coming to the Bunt Jam. Thank you for enjoying it. That's why we put it on, man. It's definitely gonna be the same type of feel to the event this year. Just want everyone to have a wicked time. But like, there was am and flow skaters last year, man. It was just one big party. Like, we don't want to have rules to who can skate and when they can skate. Like, everyone last year was allowed to skate, man. I feel like there was all sorts of am and flow. Like, John Cos was out there, Zach Ferguson, Neil Blackwood, fucking. Dumbbat legend Herbert Davey was out yeah. there. Like, it was just a huge vibe, man. We just jam style everyone. If you're feeling it, you can skate. That's how it's gonna be again
2: this year. I do want to pre-warn. We're hoping for more people to come up as visitors. So um, if you're coming from, you know, Ontario or whatever, it's it's not gonna be like a free-for-all. Last year was kind of just a unique situation, year one and uh pretty much anyone that wanted to jump in got the green light it might be a little more strict this year so um if you're coming don't necessarily expect to skate but expect to have a good time so just want to uh not have people get their hopes way up if they're coming like locally um and then the other thing like Donald was saying it wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense to do an am flow section like think about it would you be as excited if you watched the whole thing go down, like obstacle after obstacle, and then redid it with pros after? Like it, it just wouldn't work for this type of event. But hope you pull up again and hope you have a blast again.
0: Yeah. If you want to skate, send your sponsor me tape to Safa. He'll have a look-see at it and he'll he'll make the final decision.
2: Wow, just making me the bad guy as per usual. Alright, next up. We got a fun little email from PP Poo Poo. All right. The tables have turned, boys. Your turn for rapid fire. <laughs> All right, Donald, I'll do you then, vice versa. Current setup and shoes um,
0: simple. Polar, eight and a half. Spitfires, 54 mils. Bone Swizzy. Thunder Hides, as hollow as I can get them, man. Shoes are going to be Vans, Classic Skate Highs, all white. No no switching. Hell yeah. Worst flat ground trick in a line. <laughs> Just something that's like not clean. You know, I'm not a fan of like really hard flat ground tricks in lines. I, It's easier for me to tell you my favorites. Like fakie flip in a line. Phew, that's the one I want to see. Like a real good fakie flip. So maybe like worse would be like. I do do fakey heel or something like I don't need you to, to do like a really hard flat ground trick in a line.
2: Just make it look real good, man. Agreed. Thoughts on tuna sandwiches? Honestly, I love tuna
0: in like sushi or like sashimi, but I've never had a tuna sandwich. I think I might have like a phobia of tuna in a can. I'll never really? try it. 35 years old, never wow. tried tuna in, out of a can. It's not happening. Looks like cat food kind of. And my mom always had <laughs> cats growing up. And I literally hated the cat food in the can. I loved my mom's cats, still do. I like
2: I'll never have my own cat and I'll never eat tuna out of a can. Damn. That's some weird like childhood trauma or something. Maybe you ate a bite of cat food when you were like 3 thinking it was <laughs> tuna. <laughs> Uh, I don't mind like real tuna, like
0: proper like fat piece of tuna, but when it comes out that can, man, it's like it came from Dollarama, and now it's like I don't know. This looks gross to me, bro. Mm-hmm. And I love seafood. All right, your turn,
2: bro. Current setup and shoes. Um, real skateboard, always eight two five, same trucks as you, Thunder highs what do we do we do 156 i don't know whatever matches an 825 i'm so bad with like dimensions uh Mm -hmm. i got those little wooden risers that deluxe makes love those i think i have swiss i'm not sure but i think so and spitfire 52s classics and then uh you know when i'm cruising the streets chilling i'm i'm usually 80% of the time rocking half cabs and then when i'm shredding I'm still a blazer mid guy uh, and then where's flat ground tricking a line that's tough I've really- i asked the questions oh, here is yeah, she the my problem bad. with
0: rapid fire <laughs> you- is see people this fucking guy he'd be like donald you want to do the rapid fire this week and then he'd still continue to ask all the questions
2: worst flat ground trick in the line for christ's sake well i fully agree with your answer but i'll uh i'll go a little more specific and i'll say rick flick rick flip sorry rick flip and Nolly big heels just, mm-hmm. It's just too much. And Dom Henry once had an interesting one that I was offended at first because I love this trick, but he said Nolly trays, And his reasoning was, like, he he thinks Nolly trays are dope but just not flat ground in a line because they don't, like, aesthetically match anything. Like, mm-hmm. in a, you could do in a line. So I kind of agree with that. I love Nolly tray on a gap or something. But that one... I did think about it. I'm like, hmm, it is kind of hard to like perfectly. It just seems kind of out of nowhere and like super tech. Unless you did like fakey tray and yeah. then a trick that brought you to regular and then yeah. did Nolly tray. Something <clears throat> I'm like not that. agreeing with that one, but it was just an interesting one to bring up. But yeah, Rick Flip and uh, Nolly Big Heel go mm-hmm. with those two.
0: Did you see Antoine Dixon posted Nolly Big Spin over a hip and Nolly Big Heel over a hip this past week? Yeah. And my God, I hate that Nolly Big Spin. And Cody sent it to me. It was absolutely flawless. Like, oh, yeah. as good as you could do it. Cody like, sent I me made that. made me too. want to do one. Oh.
2: Yeah. But Antoine is like one of the rare, rare skaters that he can pretty much pull off any trick like mm. that we might not like otherwise. That Nolly Big Spin was just so floaty and magical. Yeah. Thoughts on tuna sandwiches? Absolutely love them. I haven't had one in a minute, but a good tuna sandwich is so fucking good. I basically survived off tuna sandwiches from Subway Eat Fresh uh, in my uh, university years, man. The dollars were thin, and uh, those got me through a lot of days studying because we had one in the main library on campus.
0: (laughs) Nice. That'll do. What, what about an egg salad sandwich?
2: Oh, hell no That's the worse not. than a tuna
0: sandwich hell Jesus not. Christ, the smell of those You know the bastards that bring those to work for lunch
2: Or oh. <laughs> <laughs> break one off on a plane Oh,
0: God Egg salad
2: Bro, yes. wait Has Story been on a flight yet? No No So I was talking about this with Aiden. What do you think about, like, this... Me and Colette were right next to a mom with her probably, like, one or two-year-old. And Mm -hmm. he definitely dropped a deuce. And I was so bummed. (laughs) But I was like, I can't, like, poke this lady and ask her to change her son's diaper. Like, what what do you think would be the etiquette? Because then Aiden hit me back with uh, Jane dropped one on the flight to Puerto Rico. And the lady next to them was, like, making all these faces, like, plugging her nose and, like, making it so obvious that she was bummed. What? What's yeah. the proper etiquette? I had no idea. I just I just fucking dealt with it. But she, I, you just she hit, took, you like, just five minutes. At first, I'm like, oh, maybe someone farted, but it was just so gnarly and didn't go away for, like, five minutes. I was like, yo. Five minutes was the time we're talking about here? Yeah, I was like, come on. Please, lady. Please the problem is here. like we're literally
0: as parents just used to that smell <laughs> like it's, it's on our hands it's on the bed this like the smell is everywhere like it takes us a second to realize like oh fuck they shit again you know yeah um i apologize on behalf of that woman for the five minutes but that woman's been smelling shit for however long her kid's been alive <laughs> So, give, give the parents a break. They can get to the dirty diapers in, in a timely fashion, you know? Yeah. There's no polite way to go about it. There really isn't. Like, if you feel the need and you're like, oh, I think your baby had a shit, just don't be soft. Just fucking go for it because most of the time the parents... If it, someone told me that, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. And anyway, I'd be like, oh, let me check. Boom, he had a shit. Let's go, you know? Like, <laughs> it wouldn't bother me if someone told me that Story shit his pants on a flight. But like some people, you don't know. You can't assume with
2: people these days. But yeah, I well, feel you know your me. I'm not the type. Stinks. Yeah, I'm not the type to ruffle feathers with strangers. So like I just sat there yeah. and just crossed my fingers she would please like take care of it, and she did. But the five minutes was felt a little excessive. But uh, I just that's a new situation that you you might be dealing with in September. So
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just more worried about When they're like Freaking out on the plane That is the toughest part For everyone in the building And it's the toughest part For the parents Like yeah, That's the only like, concern I would have Yeah Right now stories In the phase where like He can He knows how to fart now Like He can make a fart happen If he needs to And he thinks It's absolutely hilarious <laughs> And the problem is I think it's hilarious too Like when the, the Little guy like It's a bad It's bad news for For mom in the house These days <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's like so, two kids laughing at farts. When we got on the plane, the baby was crying, and we were—I know we were both just say, like, "Oh fuck!" But as soon as the yeah, plane he started, he, he was quiet for like almost the entire flight, so it was actually awesome. But it was just that that's classic so moment of like, "Are you kidding me?" Us two, like right next. To <laughs> it. But it was all good. In the uh, end. that's good. That's good. I don't know how we got off on that tangent. Probably because that emailer's name was Pee Pee Poo.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Fucking little baby Jane, eh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Sorry, if that so was cute, TMI. But they're ben. all deadly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next up, we've got an email from Louis Rios. Hey, motherfuckers! Each of you talk for sixty seconds about the current state of your skating. Literally, the first things that come to mind about your own skating. Love you guys. You guys keep the long university nights a lot less lonely. Keep it up. And PS, Jack Black has the worst style ever. Skates in some barracks videos, and it's the worst shit I've ever seen. Elvato no vale verga. Ha ha ha. That's Spanish. Let's see. I'll read that on air. <laughs> First of all, who the fuck is coming at Jack Black skate style? Like. <laughs> God damn, bro! You must be on some fucking lonely university night. You're going at Jack Black, an absolute legend. Like, at least he's like good on for, for getting on the goddamn board. Yeah. Shit. Oh my God! You bored as hell, bro. Um, say so you go first. Talk about your
2: skating. Uh, well, was it yesterday or the day before? Shout out Blatant Nostalgia on Instagram. They posted uh, some oh. clips. From, from uh, my old part And that made me Think about the current state of my skating So I'll start with I'm so much more Of a scaredy cat these days I don't think mm-hmm. I would try Most of that shit anymore uh, Although in my head Classic like we've said many times When you're in bed right before you fall asleep And you start claiming shit Definitely still be doing that But I don't know how realistic some of it is anymore uh, and then the, I don't want to be a downer, but fuck, my ankles are so shit now. The only flip tricks I can do without pain are like switch and nolly flip tricks. Uh, and my nolly heels and switch heels are like, I have no confidence in them anymore. Uh, and then heel flips hurt and all kick flips hurt. So I'm so limited. If you play me in the game of skate right now, it's literally a wrap. So I'll probably just be declining any requests this summer. Current state of my skating?
0: Fuck, after seeing Safe is Blatant nostalgia posts, I almost just fucking packed it in for good, man. (laughs) I don't feel too bad. I don't feel the greatest. I feel like I'm in better shape this summer than I was last summer. You know, I'm just happy to be outside and be outside skating with my son. It's like a whole new vibe and, and layer to my skating. Like, every... Morning on the weekends, we, we're getting outside, I'm skating, he's got his scooter and his skateboard, it's just a new vibe with no pressure, don't really care how good I am at skating, like, it's just, it's a new feeling, you know, and I'm embracing it and I like it, man, it's just all for the love and for the fun.
2: Hell yeah, damn, <clears throat> that was much more positive than mine, so let me add up one positive thing. I have been slowly learning back big spins and... Every time I land one, I'm so fucking hyped. I actually feel like a kid because I've been trying to fucking do that trick literally since I was a kid. So let's go, Tom. We need we need to do a clean ass back big spin down like a three stair by the end of summer. Me and our, our boy Tom Morrison are trying to perfect the back big by the end of this skate season. That would be great. Alright, next up, we got an email from Paul Hill. The sponsored shrug. Hey, Donald, Ghost, and Ants. Hope you're well. Going for 2-0 in the post office emails, making it onto the show. Congrats, bro. How do you feel about the sponsored shrug? You know, giving it the... uh, He sends, like, an emoji, so I can't... (laughs) You know what he means, right? When people, like, land a banger and they do the shrug, like, wow. Oh, yeah. I'm that dude, I guess. Uh, After a trick, usually following a banger. Curious to know your thoughts. Much love, Paul Hill. Liverpool, England. Shout out, Lost Art.
0: A sponsored shrug, um, potentially made famous by Wade Desarmo. (laughs) um, Yeah, when you do something that just feels so damn good, you just don't even know what to do after. And I bet you in Wade's earlier days, his DGK days, like, he was feeling that uh, a whole damn lot of the time man like his skating was on such a next level like an elite level that he was probably shocking himself and how good these damn things felt i think one of the ones he did was the front side half cat flip over that bar to drop in uh vancouver man. and he had the all black kid on with the little pittsburgh pirates vibe going yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it as long as
2: the trick is dope and it's or at an elite level. Man, I know exactly what you're talking about, Paul, but I can't think of an example, which is kind of annoying me right now. To me, I guess it depends who's doing it and how. Oh, you know who actually just did it? I don't know if they were Shrugs necessarily, but fucking shout out Johnny Purcell, our little bro. But he does a lot of little... Uh, extracurricular shit on the landings like where he'll look at he's a beamer that's what it is Johnny you're a you're a clip beamer when you get clips you love to look at the camera and do whatever the fuck you're gonna do <laughs> so I'll throw Johnny under the bus for that one but my thing is like I don't mind the sponsored shrug or whatever but sometimes I just don't want a bunch of that extracurricular shit in the same part you know what i mean like if there's like one then it's kind of like oh that was sick like but when there's like three two three four five in one part it's like yo enough already you know when the when the clips just get too long and it's like oh i don't need to see him push away five times in the same part unless you're rally i don't need like five shrugs in one part i don't need five camera beams johnny in one part does that make mm. sense
0: Boom! Oh, absolutely roasted. Uh, I stand corrected. I just watched Wade's. It's official part from back in 2006. He doesn't do the sponsored shrug after the frontside half cab flip, but he does put his like hands out as in to say like what what was yeah, that? Yeah, Wade didn't really do the shrug. I didn't. I wasn't really with. No, you on it's that more one. of more just some hands about like ah oh, what was that? But you know it was flawless. <laughs> the most iconic <laughs> one for Wade is the uh, fakey flip, fakey five 0 pop out, which couldn't yeah. have been better.
2: He's a like, nah, <laughs> dude. The backsmith from 180 into the bank. Those he was. Those were almost like you know how everyone talks about caution hands now, but it's more like hipster dudes doing it. Wade kind of yeah. did that a little from a G code perspective back then. Dude, this part
0: is just so, a masterclass in skateboarding at the time.
2: Oh, dude, the tricks, the variety of, like, the trick selection is oh so wide-ranging, but good. Like, you got a random front shove feeble on a rail, and then you got a fucking nollie flip crook, the out fucking dumpster. That thing, thing is
0: insane. The backside flip nose grind 180 on the bench, and then the two tricks over the uh, over the block down the big three. This yeah. might be, like, one of my favorite parts of all time. Inward Holy. Like... does everything the best switch varial flip ever done yes him and Chima. It is like like by
2: far the best one that's ever been done every time i've had this conversation three times i think and every time i have to remind people about chima does it down i think a three flat three double set and it's it's on that level wades is my number one i I I just this is gonna where i have to have a poll yeah, maybe we'll have I don't a pull, even. I can't but,
0: even recall what the Chima one is. I know. And I bet you it's great. But how can it be? I know. The how- only
2: reason, listen, the only reason people don't remember the Chima one as much is because it came out in the last like five or six years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In this new era, it's so much harder to have a memorable trick but that Mm -hmm. one really stuck out to me. We can do a poll, but I'm just saying it's 1A, 1B. It's not like one's good and one's bad. They're both so fucking good. Wade's is my number one because we watched that part a billion times and it was before the era of like internet just taking the fuck over. <clears throat> but yeah I always just Gotta throw love On Chima's one too I'll, I'll show it to you After this I'm interested to see Yeah Alright one more email
0: here You ready? Yeah Coming in from shop Boy. Just wanna give a huge shout out To Christian And Christian Over at Ceremony Skate Shop Doing it big for the community Of San Luis Obispo Which has been Without a shop for years And within weeks Have curated a much better feel To the skate community Out here but a question as well Who has your favorite hard flip And do you prefer the ones that are caught off to the side And brought back to the center Or ones that flip fully between the legs Thanks boys I'm just going to answer this before See if it gets a chance to steal mine It's RG baby Ryan Gallant, Oh, The greatest hard flip of all time Wow okay. Still so- running and still running them. <laughs>
2: RG. Let's go, baby. I love that. But what I was going to say, funny enough, because when I read this earlier this week, I was like, we'll spark it this way. Everyone can agree. It's probably like a 90% like unanimous. I guess that doesn't make any sense. 90% unanimous. (laughs) (laughs) But it's probably like widely accepted that Brian Herman has the greatest hard flip. In skateboard history. So I was going to say, Herman aside, let's pick our second and thirds. But you already blew that up and went RG first overall. So maybe let's do a draft. Let's do top five. So you drafted RG first. I'm drafting Brian Herman second. Then I'll take Wade. Oh, fuck he just got RG and Wade. Like, it doesn't even matter what happens the rest of the way. Yeah, week. but I, I have the true number one. So. He's, he's not, so though. Good. RG Her- is the number Her- one. Term dot. Yo, how dare you? Um, <laughs> how dare you? Okay, this <laughs> is 90% unanimous right here. <laughs> Four and five is going to be hard. Fuck. I got to use my brain right now. It's not working that well today. Oh. Wait. I might be tripping. You know what? Fuck it. Let me just... You can't go wrong with a name like this. Let me just throw Stevie Williams out there.
0: What? Oh, God. Wait. Hard flip Manny, Pier 7. I'm going to go off the board here and make this of the Switch variety. I'm going to add... No, 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 no. no. And then it's a
2: rippity wrap. What? (laughs) It's over, baby. Cut the check. That's so cheating. No. One more regular hard flip. Stevie's done it over some flat gaps and fucking into Manny at pier 7 maybe back 180 out can't remember um do you want one more regular hard flip I'll have to go with oh I'll take a shot I, oh yeah he's got a beautiful one that's a sick one cause he has every flip trick so it's like hard to pick like you can just say any flip trick with him but he does have a really nice hard flip But no, or I'm like a, Luan Oliveira he got a good heart flu Does he? <clears throat> Probably yeah. uh, Let me re- let me sub out Stevie And sub in Our local brother Who actually has one of the best ones John Cause <laughs> <laughs> Bro My list
0: literally shits on yours Oh jeez You're done
2: Yo Well We should do a poll so on that too I got R Herman, Okay I got uh, RG Or go ahead. Wade That's the poll Wow, we're throwing no, Wade in two the, polls this no, week. I'm the, sure he's going to be is thrilled. The,
0: the, no, 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 no. That's not the poll. The poll is Dono's team of RG, Wade, and Aishad versus Safa's team of Herman, John Coss, and Stevie Williams. That's the oh, poll. Okay. Not and, the, like, oh, who's the top three. Okay, but we how know about this?
2: No, but, yo, we also get to pull a clip, one clip from each of them, because I'll just win with Herman I just gotta find the right one and it's a wrap. You. <laughs> oh, you're done. Yeah, let's pull the clips. All right. Roll one the clip clips. E- Damn my Stevie Roll clip? the clips. I don't even I got like his little flack app in the DC video. Fuck.
0: Yeah, there you go. Do, I don't do know one into hardfoot, buddy. Oh. All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up the post office for this week. A fun one. As usual. Keep getting your emails and voice notes into the Bunt at gmail.com. This is the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by The Bunt. Well, Ghost, we literally just finished watching our Toronto Maple Leafs go down 3-0 in overtime. Uh, the tide turned for good about halfway through the third
2: period. Uh, you were watching, and you'd say the same? Yeah, I turned it on with seven minutes left, and it just seemed like... I kept counting the Leafs players. I'm like, are they on a power play? It just seemed like all the pressure was on the Leafs. Mm -hmm. Half of the ice the whole time I tuned in. And then, uh, yeah, unfortunate for Leafs Nation. Definitely the ice was tilted,
0: as some would say. Weren't getting much production from the top four guys all game. Nylander kind of had a good game, but Marner, Matthews, Tavares were uh, pretty much invisible. Camp, Lafferty... And Achari were pushing the pace oh, So fucking frustrating The game we should have won was probably game two But it's neither here nor there People want to blame the referees for Sam Bennett and Florida being a little bit of a dirtier team But I ain't going down that road So the playoffs You know Things get a little rougher Penalties are called a little less And There's no one to blame except The effort level of the Maple Leafs man. It's frustrating but It's crazy because for the last how many years I said if we can just win one round I'd be happy And you get into the second round And just as
2: devastating as losing the first man Of course Of course
0: We're not out yet But
2: you know that 3-0 death sentence man I mean it's happened a few times in hockey right It's never happened in basketball But it ain't over till it's over As they say If you can survive this one And then fucking bring it back to Toronto Who knows you sound a little optimistic here, man. Well, I could just hear the tone in your voice. I mean <laughs> you know I I don't really I care need what's hear. going on. I need but, to hear, uh, man. For oh. for my Leafs brothers, I'm I'm here yep. for you.
0: Well, let's keep it moving. We'll stick with the NHL just for a second. The Edmonton Oilers answered back and tied their series 1-1 on the back of another spectacular performance from Leon Dreisaitl. He's turning this into more of a 1A, 1B rather than a 1-2 in him and McDavid, man. I suggest that if you can find the time, or maybe just one day at work when you're sitting around, watch some Edmonton Oilers highlights, man, and game one of this past series, Leon Dreisaitl's snipe four goals in one game, which is you think Damn. be rare, but Joe Pavelski did it the same, but round two, definitely heating up. I don't want to bore you too much with NHL talk, especially when I'm in one of these moods, man. I ain't got no energy to carry it myself. Hey. I'm down in the dumps, bro. I feel you, brother. So we'll move
2: over to the NBA. Wait, Sixers. wait. What? wait nothing, nothing on my devils. I just saw they fucking put up eight goals. Still. Yeah, 8-4 against
0: Carolina I think uh, that brings them to 2-1 They lost both games on the road to start the series Carolina played them well But it's good, man If you can get that win on home ice The Devils are right back in and just down 2-1 Huge game coming up I like the Devils, man Jack Hughes, he's a fucking player, man Um, And obviously you love the New Jersey Devils Because the Sopranos, right?
2: because of my man Peter Sakura man. Yeah. You already him too. know. Yeah, for me it's Tony Soprano and AJ Soprano. Oh well, yeah, they were fans too on that show, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you ready? We done with the NHL? Yeah, 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 yeah. let's let's keep it moving. Sixers
0: Celtics 2-2 baby. A best of 3 it's become now. Getting down to the nitty-gritty. Marcus Smart's game-winning shot in Game 4, just a little bit too late. Uh, what have you seen so far in this series, man?
2: Bruv, this is the strangest series so far, I'd say, in the NBA playoffs. Spark it with a Game 1 victory. No Embiid, probably the most shocking. Well, actually, it's between that and Jimmy Butler uh, eliminating the Bucks Games 5 and 4, but that was, you know, arguably the most shocking game Harden going off. We all know he's got a history of choking in the playoffs, shuts up all the haters and then proceeds to go, I think, like three for 14, one game and like something similar, three for 13 and the other can't remember exactly, but just absolute trash games. One in Boston, one at home, and then they were up double digits, I want to say in the fourth and maybe up eight points or so boston goes on an 8-0 run they kept hitting huge threes down the stretch and you're just like oh here we go again another choke job from the sixers and Doc rivers and fucking marcus smart misses the game winner at the buzzer goes to ot and then he hits the game winner after the buzzer how oh so sad for marcus smart but uh i was rooting for the sixers so i was hyped as fuck uh I'm so fucking hyped it's 2-2 because I don't want the Celtics to get to the next round. And uh, even though the Celtics feel like the better team, we're going minimum six games here and I can't wait Mm -hmm. for the next two to three. It's going to be
0: primetime TV. I know you don't like talking about the Celtics, man, but I'm hearing rumors of some people are questioning who's the top dog there in Boston with the play of Jalen Brown these
2: days. Well, yeah, fuck Tatum started this game, I believe, 0 for 8. He was almost scoreless in the first half. He hit a jumper in the last minute of the first half. Another strange game. He was 1 for 7 in game 2, I believe, with 7 points, and they won. So he's been super up and down. Brown's definitely been their most consistent guy. Horford was an absolute beast today on both ends, but particularly guarding fucking Embiid one-on-one. I think he blocked his shot like four times. Adam Bede questioning himself but uh, it was cool to see the Sixers pull it off and Bede's parents came from Cameroon to surprise him for the MVP thing the other day they were in the crowd just a fucking really sick basketball game absolutely quick update on what's going
0: down with the dog Jimmy Butler in his series against the Knicks
2: (laughs) we might have to get uh, Nick Katz on before oh uh, no before before the season's over yes i think we have to but uh yeah just hats off to the heat man loving it randall continuing to struggle in these playoffs we remember he struggled two years ago his first time in the playoffs he's uh starting to have a bit of a reputation for not elevating his game in the playoffs which is like the worst thing you can be as a player in any league but um yeah, I don't know, man. The fucking stifling defense of the Heat. Jimmy Butler on fucking one foot. He re his ankle. Still dropped 28. Um, just loving it. Uh, Gabe Vincent wasn't that great. Kyle Lowry was just a beast all game off the bench. Um, Struce stroking the three. What can you say, man? Bam just kind of doing a bit of everything. He kinda, he's not doing a cra- anything crazy on the offensive end, but... You know doing bam things on defense as per usual uh fucking what's his face the hero of round one mitchell robinson uh they keep getting him in foul trouble and he's been somewhat of a non-factor uh go he go let's keep him moving
0: i need my boys the knicks to answer back so the the big three of delusional fan bases one of us
2: can live on <laughs> yeah brunson your boy brunson he ain't looking like the superstar. He's looking like in, in, uh well, in at least in their two losses in round two here. He he went off last game went, where yeah. they still almost lost to a Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, fucking Victor oladipo list Miami Heat team. So they've got an uphill battle, man, big time. That's
0: all right. It's far from over, baby. Lots of basketball <laughs> left to be played. And I think Jalen Brunson still got it in him, man. I think... The best is yet to come in this series from from Jalen Brunson. All right, all right. The Nuggets and the Suns. The Nuggets came out and held serve. Light work. Go up 2-0 in Denver. And uh, I think a lot of people were questioning what was going on with the Suns, you know? Chris Paul goes down. He's going to be out for a few games. But the Suns come back and win game three. And here they are, locked in an absolute dogfight in game four um tough to predict what's gonna happen in this series
2: it still feels to me like denver's the better team they've got the depth like they're needing herculean efforts from kd and booker every game i but think that's booker what they like do 47 kd had 39 last game uh i mean there's like nine minutes left in the fourth right now in another barn burner i feel my gut saying the Suns are gonna win, <clears throat> um, but I still think whether it goes seven or six, I still think Denver's better. Chris Paul might be back for Game Five, but if they do win tonight, you lose two with CP3. He he's out, and you win two without him. I mean, you're obviously still better with him, but it's just one of those funny, funny ones. Um, the yeah, issue is that
0: uh, Phoenix is gonna have to win one on the road now. And yeah, it's going to be an issue for them.
2: Yeah, it's fucking strange because I'm already like looking ahead like Phoenix, (sighs) Phoenix getting past this round. Like I just they're so top heavy that it's just hard to see them actually winning at all or getting to the finals. Like I feel like they're just going to burn out, you know, I feel like they could play with the Warriors. I feel like with the Lakers that would become an issue. I mean, if Aiton stopped being a scrub who looks like he forgot how to play basketball, um, the AD problem maybe wouldn't be as crazy if that's the next round matchup, but it's... Dude, AD is just on one right now, and they're pretty... I mean, they're playing this dude Landale off the bench, who's actually been playing better than Aiton. Some Bismack out there, Aiton being a scrub. Like the
0: media's all over Aiton right now, and the worst is that (laughs) deservedly uh, so. Yeah, the one clip where everyone's fighting under the rim, and he's just basically standing out of bounds, and he gets questioned about it, and his response is, "What do you want me to do there?" It's like literally anything, like
2: (laughs) anything except what you were doing, which was nothing. Bro, yeah, he he ruined a parlay of mine the other day, and I swore him off for the last time. I swear him off every year. Every year I draft him in fantasy, lets me down. I don't know why I do it four years in a row. And then he was he. I needed 15 points from him the other day. I think he had like four points. I wanted to fucking punch him in the face. Um, <laughs> Is your gambling becoming a problem now? No, 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 no. no.
0: Actually, Are you sure? I actually, we're to- good.
2: I'm just checking in on you. You're good. Oh, I'm 100% good. Yeah, let me just take this quick opportunity to apologize to the homie Floyd from the no, Fantasy don't. <laughs> Listener League. No, don't. I remember one time he sent us a bet that was like 75 cents, and I I didn't ever do like sports betting. So I didn't know that if you got to lose 75 cents, you could just put it on something with crazy odds, Fucking which wow. I've done a couple times now. So I, I'm a hypocrite on that one. I apologize. But yeah, I, I'm just running five... $10 bets on like little dumb shit. Nothing. How nothing many to be concerned night? about. Huh? How many a night? Uh, depends. Today I had like eight. What the fuck are you doing, man? But dude, I keep dude, I just put 200 in there. I'm like if I run out for the whole, for the entire NBA playoffs, 200. I'm like if I run out, I run out. If if I keep going, I keep going, but What do you have right now? Off your 200? Dude, I got to 201 after the Philly game, and that's betting every day. Multiple bets. <laughs> but, so you're uh, up a now, dollar? Yeah, I was up a dollar after three weeks of fucking going crazy. Jesus but, Christ. That ain't um, worth it, man. I know. It's just, dude, I, it's so minimal that I don't care. You know, it doesn't like... It's just a little... It's just like fantasy. It's just a little extra... Like excitement I also My rule for myself Is don't bet on the Warriors games Like don't bet on the game That you actually care about the outcome mm-hmm. And then I, I don't think I'm going to bet In the finals either I just want to watch that As a pure fan
0: You know what uh, People here in Leafs Nation do They call it The happiness hedge bet Oh I get Consistently it Consistently
2: yeah. bet Against the Leafs <laughs> You oh, know Leafs fans must be rich eh? <laughs> Oh, fuck it, huh? <laughs> Not in the regular season,
0: but in the playoffs. <laughs> We're rich in the regular season. Dude. Oh,
2: God. You mean you're poor right. in the regular season?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you. Last but not least, the Lakers and the Warriors. And I was also heard this somewhere else. I think it was on the podcast you recently recommended the Steam Room with the Paul B. interview, which is actually a. Um, Two of my worlds colliding To form one of the greatest relationships of mankind Paul Bissonnette and Charles Barkley Hell yeah Um, Not to mention naked sit-ups in the steam room But (laughs) in the intro to that It actually reminded me about you a little bit When uh, he's just beaming about all the free stuff he got And the boxes that were coming in recently But they mentioned that AD plays better on even numbered games in series. And that's holding true so far against the Warriors, man. Lights no, out numbers, game run. Odd
2: numbers. No. Oh yeah, sorry. Odd numbers. You're correct. He can't back it up. So I'm yeah, I'm crossing my fingers that he's out of gas for this next game once again, but it's at home, <laughs> so I'm a little worried. Um Yeah, yesterday I felt like you. Well, it's not as bad. Cuz they just went down 2-1, but I definitely mason was chirping me all game long mr fucking lakers fan and uh that series is strange man it was like really close game and then two blowouts in a row i really hope this game goes six or seven because it it is pretty fucking dope every time as much as i am not a fan of lebron it is pretty cool to see him facing the warriors again um throwing ad in the mix he's so frustrating like Dude, he's he's the MVP of that series, like no question so far. Mm-hmm. The shot, dude, the shot blocking, like I think he's had like four blocks a couple times, but it's just the sh- it's just the lack of shot attempts. Like people just dribble into the paint and have to dribble right out. They don't even want to try him. You could see Wiggins, who rarely shows emotion when he finally dunked on AD kind of flying by, he he just let out a scream. I had to feel good, but they still got smacked. But yeah, AD's defensive presence last game with the deflections Coming up high on the pick and roll instead of drop where they were he was getting like they were getting roasted with threes He's just changed everything man. So i'm interested to see what adjustments kerr and the warriors have for game four Uh, I feel like it's Kind of a must win man kind of a must win even though they go back home after that The lakers would definitely be the favorites to end it in six. I'd say if they can't <clears throat> make it pop next game, so let's go bring out the big gun stuff. You know what time it is, maybe a little game four clay pop for 40 type Oof. of vibe. You need we it, need something, man. And Jordan pool I hope you never play another minute. You fucking annoy the shit out of me.
0: Game fours are always the tide turning game, yeah, of the series, no matter what the series is at. Game four is just the most pivotal, and it's funny because it's always the lower seed who gets it at home, you know. Um, but yeah, very interested to see that game. They're gonna need a big one from the two top dogs, Clay and Stefan. We'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, we need this one. This comes out Wednesday. You'll know if I'm crying by then or not, because it could be an elimination game Wednesday when this comes out. Or it could be game five of a 2-2 series, man.
0: Oh, fuck Shit. The, see, the difference is fucking insane. Yeah. Like, we could have just made it 2-1. Instead, it's 3 nothing. And there's fuck's sakes. You need fucking Matthews and Marner to drive the bus, and they just fucking shy away from it all the goddamn time, man. Yo, Tavares' old ass is too slow to keep up with the new NHL. Can't buy a goddamn power play. Like... We got zero. That's the first
2: time all year we didn't have a single power play that game. Damn.
0: It makes no fucking He's, sense. Uh, Anyways, man.
2: Was the guy that you mentioned the Pippin to Connor McDavid's Jordan, who had four yeah. goals? He yeah. called them the Jordan and Pippin of hockey. hmm I didn't call name? him that, did I? No, no, Biz Nasty did. Yeah, Biz Nasty did. What's uh what's his Pippin's name?
0: Uh Leon Dreisidel. They're saying he's the like, best European-born
2: NHL of all time already. Wow. And then oh, maybe he's they playing are, Maybe the, I just possibly the up. second coming of fucking I think he's the German. great one. That's a that's an epic one-two punch right there.
0: Yeah. Wayne Gretzky had some fucking dogs with him too. Mark Messier, Yari Curry. Those teams Gretzky were on. They were no joke. But Leon Draisaitl, he's just smooth. And he's an asshole too. Like he'll cross-check you in the back <laughs> and slash you
2: in the leg. He doesn't <laughs> give a shit. Damn, Phoenix pulling away a little bit, six minutes left. Looking like we might be going seven, Daggy.
0: That's what you that's just what you want as a fan, you know? Oh, oh one thing yeah. I forgot to mention. The play of Jamal Murray, though. Oh, he's a star. And the fact that he's Canadian makes it all all the better. Maybe one day we'll have a
2: competitive international team, eh? Because
0: we got some good guys no. now.
2: Oh, bro, we're ready. What do you mean? L- listen to the... Okay, let me just... Off the top of my head. Jamal Murray. Shea Gilgis. Oh. yeah, you know I'm saying? Well, Jamal's never been an all-star officially, but I, th- I think it's in his future at some point, even though the West is really tough for guards. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, who we got? R.J. Barrett. Dwight, Dwight Powell. R.J. Barrett, but yeah, he's inconsistent as fuck. But he's playing um, pretty good. Lou Dort. We got Dylan Brooks. Oh no, don't tell
0: me he's Canadian. You didn't know that? That's gonna be the only team he's playing on.
2: (laughs) Dylan Brooks, we got uh oh, Shaden Sharp. Fucking give him a year two. Give him a year two. Yo, like Shaden Sharp, like pre draft shit, people were saying. Like, he's looking better than Shea Gill just at that age. So, oh, I, I Wiggins, don't forget Wiggins. Oh my god, Wiggy, of course, Bro, nice. that's this guy just, we need. Just, we need a Boucher. dwight Powell. that's not the only big we got. I just can't think right
0: Boucher, now. Boucher, Brandon Clark. We got some dogs. Sorry. Oh,
2: Clark's Canadian too. Yep, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Fuck, Camp Birch, Birch Kelly Olinick.
2: Oh my god What Corey yeah, Joseph nice. we, gotta, we gotta put Benedict Matherin You know some. oh Yo this man just Fucking googled it I was like What How are you remembering <laughs> <laughs> Obviously this Guys dropping Benedict Matherin bro. He, he He needs to get His shit together He came out Guns blazing In his rookie yeah, season But yeah. tailed off But yeah Bro we're ready For the Olympics Like straight up If all those guys commit So what's shit, that Starting five team. look like Jamal Murray SGA Wiggins
0: And where are you Going after that
2: um, Olenek and Barrett, I, I'd say Dwight Powell because those three guys want the ball and need to take shots. You need someone who's just going to set solid screens, catch some lobs, mm. and then at the four, Brandon Clark, maybe. Yeah, that's a nice five. Yeah, we could come back off the bench, Lou Dort. Oh, dude, no, that's a nice five straight up. Yeah. Oh, just jamal and shea working in that backcourt Woo. Woo. Wiggy at the three let's go that's yo i'm excited whenever the next fucking olympics are that works for me <clears throat> but the question it's always like who's not injured and who's actually gonna yeah. but they got to now that they're gonna look around the room and be like oh shit like we actually could get a medal mm-hmm. it'd be fucking that would be fun that would get me really excited i had I never really care too much about the Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's always in the fucking middle of the night and shit too. Any last words for this week's episode? Um, warriors do it up. Shout out to the people listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with. Uh, <laughs> we got what? What episode is this? Eight. Mm-hmm. Four more bangers. Brace yourselves. Damn. Four bangers. And then it's the bunch in.